Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ, the podcast. I believe that the best coach you can ever have is that one person that is staring straight back at you every morning in the mirror, you. Join me in discovering some key strategies so that you can create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs. Your journey to being your own best coach starts right now. Welcome back to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. I'm so excited to have the amazing Justine Martin. Or we'll call you Juz. Can we call you Juz for the interview? You can. (laughs) Now, just looking at the bio for Justine, it is phenomenal. So Justine Martin's successful corporate life was turned upside down in 2011 and she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Since then, she has battled three cancers and overcome a long list of serious medical conditions. Rather than allowing her hardship to overcome her, she has used it as a platform to inspire and make a difference in the lives of others. Justine is a public speaker, resilience coach, and an advocate for medical care. She uses her own experiences of living with a disability to encourage others to take steps towards a positive future of their own by finding hope, overcoming adversity and building resilience. I love that. She speaks from the heart, connecting with many audiences through her varied background in corporate sales, art, volunteer work and experiencing illness. She pursues any opportunity to inspire and empower members of the public, business owners, corporate teams, schools and charitable and educational organisations. She's made many media appearances in television, radio and print media over the years and ran, which I can't remember knowing this, for Parliament in 2010 to 2013. So twice, did you say? Twice. Twice run for Parliament. Uh, A multi-award winning artist and her art is amazing. I've seen it myself. Justine runs wellness and art therapy classes in her studio in Marshall in Geelong, and that's in Victoria, Australia, for those that are listening overseas. Her own artwork is available to purchase at Just Art, and that's J-U-Z-T, Art Gallery, located at Cafe Zoo in Drysdale, and that's in Victoria, Australia. To reach as many people as possible with her powerful message of hope, Justine has developed an online course for people struggling to overcome life's adversities and it's called Resilience Mindset, How You Gain Resilience and Hope in Eight Weeks. That is fabulous. So welcome, Justine. Juz, how are you? you, How are you? That was a big, that was a big bio to read out. It is a big bio, but I did condense it down for you. you so. But you, you've lived a big life, that's why. I have, I have, yeah. <laughs> Life's not over yet, so the I, first, uh, first half is now into the second half. Yeah, absolutely. So, Juz, tell the, the listeners, tell us, maybe go back and tell us a little bit about your story because there's okay. so much that's happened in your life. And I know I mentioned before we... We started to record. We, I, I said, maybe it's let's start with with 2011 when you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and you said, no, I want to talk when I was nine years old. So, 
So tell us about your story. Okay, I was just sitting there thinking, I thought, well, it actually starts earlier than that. Yeah. Um, my mum in 1974 was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was about three and a half and my brother and I uh, had to go and live with my grandparents for what I can remember about six months um, before she was able uh, to look after us. And then when I was about nine, ten, um, mum was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So I had her as a role model um, yeah. in resilience as well right back there, seeing her bounce back from all of her illnesses. Then in I would have... Mm, she was 40. I can't remember how old I was because I, I can't count anymore. That's a bit of the uh, whole MS thing. Yeah. Um, when she was 40, uh, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer and then um, she was diagnosed at 49 with uh, lung cancer and passed away um, at uh, 49 from complications from MS. Right. So then I had two children Um uh, so I've got Zach and Ali, and they're now, oh, Zach's nearly 28 and Ali's just turned 24 and I'm a grandma uh, to nearly six. Wow. Um, we've, got one, we've got one due in um, about seven, eight weeks' time, so it's wow. all exciting. Um, so then in 19, oh, no, hang on, let's think, 2011 yeah. um, or 2010 I became very ill. And so I was in corporate life before that and um, things weren't very good. I just recently got engaged and so I was on top of the world. Life was great. I was running for the federal election uh, for the Senate in, in Western Australia. I'm passionate about um, standing up for, for our rights. I'm passionate about don't just sit there and whinge about something. Yeah. Um, get in and try and fix it and do it. And that's what I've taught my kids to do as well. So life was good. Um, then all of a sudden my vision went funny and I'm like, oh, this is not good. I've had this happen before. I thought it was mascara that I was wearing back in 2002 when it happened, but I wasn't wearing any eye makeup when it happened again. So after a long series of tests, um, they diagnosed me in March 2011 with multiple sclerosis. Um, my world crashed in a very short period of time. I could no longer work anymore. Um, my neurologist said to me, you're going to have to find a hobby. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. So I'd always been career focused and uh, trying to be that role model and contribute back to society, uh, you know, for my children. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone's saying, no, you can't go back and work. Um, this is going to be you for the rest of your life. And I'd seen what the damage of MS did to my mum and it was a very, very bleak uh, time in my life. So I hopped online and tried to find some support groups to join and there weren't any. Yeah. There was none on Facebook. Um, there was none anywhere and I felt very alone and very isolated. So I started, I thought, well, why don't I start one? I knew a few other people that had MS and I was going to a few MS groups in Western Australia and I thought, oh, well, I'll start one. Yeah. And um, I did. And that was supporting each other with MS in Australia. And then 
from there that group grew and it now sits at about 700 people but that was a real lifeline to the outside world when when you're sitting at home with four walls and you have a partner that doesn't understand and was doing a whole ostrich in the in the sand thing that I wasn't even allowed to talk about having um, just being diagnosed it was extremely difficult um, we then moved over to Victoria from Western Australia to be closer to my family and for support because my partner at the time uh, was a FIFO worker, so worked in the mines and flew in, flew out, and he wasn't going to be at home. Zach had just gone off to the army and I had a 14-year-old at home and she'd have to go into foster care because uh, there was no one that could take her if friends couldn't. Yeah. Uh, so we made the big decision to move across the country and I've done that a couple of times and yeah. start all over again and it was extremely difficult because I wasn't in the workforce when I came over here to make friends and to make connections yeah um, but I joined an art group I thought I've always wanted to learn how to paint and yeah. I went off to a community center and also to the MS art um, classes that they were running and I learned how to paint and within uh, about five six months after um, starting to paint I sold my first painting for three hundred dollars and then all of a sudden it was like oh, I can make some money out of this yeah. I can contribute back to society uh, and that felt really really good to have some independence because my partner at the time earned so much money, yeah. I didn't qualify for any government handouts whatsoever and I was solely reliant on another person. And that's really, really difficult when you've been so independent for so long. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I started to paint and loved it and then started entering competitions and started winning them. thought, oh, it comes fairly naturally to me to paint yeah. and draw and here's all these people forking out their hard-earned money to buy my artwork and, you know, I'm being recognised with awards and everything. So that was really good. And then um, 2000, so that was 2012. Yeah. Um, and then about November 2012, um, I caught my partner or fiancé having an affair and he turned around and said to me that me having MS would affect his goals and dreams in life. See you later. Uh, yeah. uh, so, again, I hit rock bottom and it's like how am I going to support my daughter who was 15 at that stage? What were we going to do? You know, he left us in Victoria and my world crashed around me again. Um, and then it was like, well, get off the pity party, Justine. Yeah. You know, you're still breathing. You're still above the surface of the earth and, you know, try and make something of yourself. I've always had a passion in helping people and yeah. I wanted to do that again. I just wasn't sure on, on how I was going to do that. Uh, then... Um, so one of my previous jobs, JJ, was I was a Weight Watchers leader and I was a program director for Jenny Craig. So I'd lost 45 kilos in my weight loss journey. I, I call that my previous life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was like anything um, pre-2011 was my yeah. previous life and then come 2011 it was like I was reborn again even yeah. though I became disabled. Does, yeah. does that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. make sense? Because some people just look <laughs> me ago you've got to be kidding me but you know it's a new chapter I, it's a new chapter 
Well, it wasn't just a new chapter. Yeah. I think it was a whole new book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's a whole new book. Yeah. In the last, like, 10 years, so much has happened in that, yeah. in that 10 years. But my mindset also changed, yeah. really, really changed. How did, how did that change? How did your I mindset change? I appreciate absolutely everything, even the small things. Yeah. Um, especially the small things and the small things that don't cost money. It's yeah. not all money orientated. It's, you know, a hug from the grandkids. It's a smile on your kids' faces. It's um, being able to go out for a walk, breathing fresh air, yeah. um, you know, eating good food. All of those things started, you know, to really appreciate. Yeah. Um, so then in 2013, I developed. Um, a heart problem and had to have uh, my first pulmonary vein ablation, so an operation on the internal part of my heart and they cauterize it so they burn it. And But I was asleep for that one so yeah. that wasn't too bad. And I was told that um, if it was successful it wouldn't come back um, under 12 weeks. Yeah. So I've been competing in weightlifting on and off throughout the years. I've also done competitive tug-of-war, competed nationally in tug-of-war back in the early 2000s and then swapped over to all-round weightlifting, competed in world championships in that. And then uh, when I got MS, took a break of about 12, 18 months and then competed in the Australian Masters Games in bench press and won my uh, weight division and age division. Um, so, like, being fairly, fairly active. And here I was training with this heart problem and didn't realise that and I And MS. Had... <laughs> I MS it was internal butterflies yeah. from the MS. Right, yeah. Right. Um, not everything that happens to your body when you've got MS is MS. Yeah. You forget that well, other you, things can go wrong. Well, you've never had MS, but you know, you've never experienced MS before. So how do you know what's normal? Yeah, oh, well, you know, I had a good reference with my mum as yeah. well and saw what that had gone to. And I was my mum's carer yeah. uh, for a very, very long time. Um, but yeah, I just put it down to MS. It's like, oh, well, it's just the nerves in my chest. Well, no, yeah. actually, it was my heart. And I'd been doing that for about 18 months. Uh. And um, so anyway, after the first one, they said, if it doesn't come back in uh, 12 weeks, you, you know, you'll be really good. And my first question was when I had the heart surgery was, oh, when can I go back to training? And my um, cardiologist was like, oh, you know, better give it a week or two. And I'm like, okay. And because you don't have any internal scar, like external scars, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, a week I'll be fine. I'll go back. And I did. And then 11 weeks later I was in the middle of an um, Olympic weightlifting comp, so I'd swapped over to Olympic weightlifting by that stage, and uh, it came back with vengeance. Wow. And it hit. My, my resting heart rate hit 217 beats a minute. Wow. So the average, it should be about 60 yeah. beats a minute. And so, yeah, a lovely flashing light trip into a hospital and a second pulmonary vein ablation on that. And then things were going all right and then I thought, oh, hang on, I think there's still something wrong. Yeah. And I was missing heartbeats. Went off to the cardiologist and cut a long story short there, yep, the average person misses about 25 beats every 24 hours. No biggie. Yeah. I was missing one in every five. Wow. So I then had to have another heart surgery but I was awake for that one and that was an experience to have someone 
inside your heart and burning your heart when you're awake and you're lying there talking to them. They did tell me that they'd knock me out a bit, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah I was awake. And then from that I got what's called um, pericarditis. Uh, so that? which is inflammation of a heart lining. Right. I thought I was having a heart attack. And they it must have been pretty serious because they called in all the family yeah. to say goodbye. Um, I was not very very good at all yeah. um, from that. And, look, that took me probably a good three months to recover. And, again, it was like when can I go back to training? So lifting yeah. heavy weights and, and being on the platform and, and associating with such um, positive people um, was really helpful yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. And, you know, you walk into the gym or you walk in, I was training at Geelong Weightlifting Club at the time and everyone was positive. No one was ever negative in yeah. there. And you are the sum of the five people that you hang around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're hanging around with negative people, find a new circle of friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Make them acquaintances and find some friends that are positive because that yeah. makes a huge difference in your life Yeah, and in the quality of your life. So that was 2000, so we went 2013, 14 and 15 for the heart surgeries and then I'm like, okay, I can't do any more, this is it, you know, let me just live my life. Yeah. Well, no, someone had other plans for me. So then in 2016 um, I started turning purple. So I was competing in Tasmania at the time Yeah. in the Australian Masters um, Olympic uh, championships yeah, and Oceanas and Pacific Rim as a master's lifter, an old lifter. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone over the age of 35 is an old lifter. Oh, don't say uh, that. <laughs> in Olympic weightlifting, I know, right? <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah, 2016 and in Tassie and I started going purple. My hands all, my left hand went all purple and I thought, that can't be good and um, went off to my GP and she said, oh, it's nothing to worry about. She said, if it's still happening in three months, come back and see me. And I thought, "Mm, I'm not liking the sound of that. I have since 2012 regularly seen a counsellor and I contribute my mental state uh, to to that. Um, I don't have a partner um, and it's not my children's responsibility to hear everything that's mentally going on up yeah. here. So I pay a professional to offload yeah. uh, to, you know, and it's not something that you put all over Facebook and, and out in social media and stuff like that. So um, she said to me, are you happy with what they've said? And I'm like, no. She goes, well, you know, I really think you need to go see someone else. I said, yeah, I think think you're right and off I went yeah and um through a series of he then booked me in there was lots of blood work and that and he then booked me into a rheumatologist a dermatologist and then the hematologist so I went off to the rheumatologist so there's three things that can cause uh levidio and that is rheumatoid arthritis lupus and uh lymphoma So the rheumatologist then turned around and said, well, it's not lupus and it's not rheumatoid arthritis. You better go to a dermatologist to confirm that it's levidio. And I walked out of there going, oh, my God, I've got cancer. And it was two weeks before I got to see the dermatologist. So I went in and um, you have to strip down if you've ever been to a dermatologist. And she took one look. By the time I got to see her, the levidio was in both my feet um, so that's was, that. So the video is going blue. 
Yeah, dark yeah. blue, purple colour. Yeah. So the blood actually clots under the surface of the skin. Right, yeah. And you can look like a road map. Some people look like a road map. Yeah. Um, just depending on the severity of it. So my ears were going purple, my chin, my neck, my feet, my hands, my arms. Um, and when it first started, it was happening at 12 degrees and then it started happening at um, anything below 19 degrees. We live in Victoria. Yeah. It was all through winter. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. I'd try and take the dog for a walk and I'd go along the waterfront down in Geelong and I'd look like a zombie. And my kids thought it was awesome that mum was from The Walking Dead and I'd look <laughs> like a zombie. But people stare at me with these really dark ears and I was you know what I was thinking of I was thinking of you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory oh yeah the purple yeah the yeah yeah I know that was me and I was a bit chubby so you know I was I was pretty well there um, so anyway I went to the dermatologist and she she goes oh when was the last um time I had a skin check done and I went oh you know, it's been quite some time. And she looked at my feet and she goes, look, it's definitely Lavidia. I don't need to do a um, biopsy. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I won't tell you. I won't swear on here. Yeah. So <laughs> you can imagine what I said. And I'm thinking, I've got cancer. Oh, my God, I've got cancer. This can't be happening. I've got yeah. that C word that yeah. none of us want to hear. Yeah. Anyway, she had me laying down on the bed and she goes, look, there's two spots on your face that I'm not happy with. They're going to have to come off and there's a mole on your leg. I think we'll do a biopsy on it. We'll take some photos. Yep, no, no, no. And she goes, all right, we'll do a biopsy. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll book in. Um, she goes, no, no, we'll do it now. I'm like, what? Sit up. Next thing she's got nitrogen on my face and burning two off there. And I'm like, oh, my God, how is this happening? Yeah. And then she cut one out of my leg. She said, nothing to worry about. She's, yeah. And I've had other moles cut out, you know, over the years. And um, she said, if you don't hear from me in 10 days, you'll be good to go. I'm yeah. like, all right, no worries. Not even 24 hours later, I got a phone call saying, um, you've got melanoma. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm supposed to have lymphoma. Here I am arguing which cancer yeah. it is. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, it was the nurse that rang me. It wasn't yeah. even the doctor. And she goes, no, 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 sorry, you've got melanoma. And I was in the middle of a shopping centre, like, yeah. trying to hold it together, not yeah. cry. Yeah. I just went numb. I'm like, how is this happening? So I rang my doctors and I got straight back into my new GP and went, well, Mark, is this why I'm going purple? Yeah. He said it'd be lymphoma. And he goes, No, Justine, this is a separate issue altogether. And mm. I'm like, Are you kidding me? You can have two different cancers at once. And um, he goes, You're going to have to go off to, still to the um, hematologist. So I had to go back and have a big chunk of my leg cut out for yep. the melanoma. Um, and then I went off to the haematologist and she did lots of blood work and she said, You're going to have to have a bone marrow biopsy. And that happened two days before I was to go to Bali, didn't get my Bali trip in, insurance didn't wouldn't cover it and they reckon it was pre-existing, which I don't know how they thought it was pre-existing when my doctors hadn't diagnosed, diagnosed me yet, but yes. they seemed to know that it was. Um, anyway, I then started, I, I lost lung capacity. Right. Um, I had lumps sticking all out of fingers and 
couldn't bend my toes and I was so tired and they couldn't work out whether that was the MS or, yeah. or what was happening with it. And then I got diagnosed with another condition, so not a cancer but an autoimmune condition. Oh, well, it's in the middle of it all, um, called mixed cryoglobulinemia, and that's what was turning me purple. Um, so that's what was causing the libido. Yeah. So what was causing the cryoglobulinemia? They still hadn't quite worked that out. Yeah. Um, they knew, but they had to do more tests. So I had like PET scans and CAT scans and I know the ins and outs of a hospital back to front. Uh, then I got diagnosed in January 2017 with um, chronic lymphocystic leukaemia and small lymphocystic lymphoma. So I had the melanoma, the leukaemia, the lymphoma, and the mixed cryoglobulinemia all at the same time. Wow. As well as having the MS. Yeah. So treatment was was very was very difficult because yeah. um, I had to come off MS drugs before I could start chemo. Otherwise, they the two together would have killed me. Yeah. Um, and then I started the path of okay, um, I'm gonna have to fight this cancer. And not really once through that having all the cancers was I terrified that I was going to die. Yeah. Um, it was like, okay, I can just do this. Yeah. You know, my mum survived them. Why can't I survive them kind yeah. of thing? And I went on the path of, of um, fighting to stay alive wow. um, and doing everything they told me uh, to do. Um, and I'm in full remission um, yeah. from all of those. How long have you uh, been in remission for? Uh, since... Uh, Late 2017, early 2018 Beautiful. Um, from those. Yeah. Then I was diagnosed with, um, and I say it with a smile. I know, and you with a giggle. <laughs> it's like just what? another thing. Another thing. Who needs to go to university, yeah. JJ, to get letters after their name? I've got like MS. CLL, SLL. You sound, you sound, like, a, you sound like a doctor when you just roll really? off the tongue of what you've got. I'm like, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> and because I can roll it off the tongue quite often, a lot of people are like, oh, you could be a doctor. I was like, yeah. well, actually, I go in now and tell the doctors I want this treatment and this, this and this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but then I was diagnosed with a thing called um, lipedema. Now, lipedema is a genetic condition. Yeah. And it affects 11% of all women. And the majority who have it do not realize what it is. Yeah. What is it? What it is, it's inflammation of the fat cells in the yeah. lower, it tends to be in the lower part of your body. Yeah. Um, tree trunk legs. Yeah. You know, women that have no ankles, yeah. ankles. Like, yeah. So it's very similar to lymphedema. Um, but that affects your feet and a different part. So that's more retaining of fluid. Yeah. Um, lipedema is actually inflammation um, of the fat cell. Yeah. And it's resistance to weight loss. It's, it's also known as painful fat syndrome. So this is probably resonating with a lot of women that are listening to yeah. this today. You bruise easily. Um doesn't matter how hard you try and lose weight, it's very slow coming off. Um, you can have it in your arms. So I have it in my arms and I have it in my butt yeah. and I have it in my legs. Right, so and specific areas you can have it in. 
Well, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll always be around about two sizes smaller through the waist to what you are in the hips. Right. Um, is, is normally the case. Yeah. So I don't have the lymphedema, I have the lipedema or yeah. lipedema, depending on, on what country you're in, yeah. um, as to pronounce it. Um, the World Health Organization have finally recognised it and given it a number. Yeah. And there are more doctors now in Australia that are recognising um, what it is. And, you know, we're always um, on the bandwagon trying to, um, uh, you know, educate people on, on what it actually is. So um, yeah. you can have liposuction and everything to try and um, help with it, but because of my immune system, I can't go down that path. Um, so, yeah, that was 2018. Um, I realised through an Instagram post when yeah. this woman put up, I went, oh, she's got legs like me. Yeah. And she was talking about it and I'm like, oh, my God, she was in America. She yeah. was actually in a swimsuit as well. I'm like, oh, that's really brave. Yeah. Um, and off um, I went to the doctors and he goes, oh, there's no such thing. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think there is. And yeah. he goes, oh, you better go off and have this mass lymph drainage massage anyway. Yeah, there is. So yeah, um, that was 2018. So I then decided that I wanted to help people again yeah. um, since I was in remission and my MS has been quite stable, oh, except for the end of 2017, I woke up one morning and couldn't walk anymore. That was a little bit of a um, challenge and, and spent weeks in hospital learning how to walk. Um, I tend to overdo it, surprise, surprise, and my body likes to remind me that, no, I'm not Wonder Woman and uh, that I need to slow down a bit and, yeah, you know, I finished chemo and decided to drive to Newcastle and then flew to Perth. So who would think that um, my body wouldn't like that? Yeah. Uh, So that was a big wake-up call actually and learning how to, to walk again and, you know, so much pain and, and that but I then went back to the gym um early 2018 and I couldn't even bench press any more than three kilos and that gave me the shits big time (laughs) um and at the end of last year I did um 30 kilos uh, so I've, wow. I've built back up again. Um, yeah. I'll never be as strong as what I was pre-MS, but yeah. as long as I'm competing against myself and yeah. I'm still, you know, either maintaining or going up, um, then it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah. And everyone should um, do some weight-bearing exercise. My biggest fear, JJ, is yeah. having a fall and being stuck on the ground and I don't have enough muscle mass to actually get myself off the ground. Yeah. Um, and having to spend all night there until someone could come in, you know, get me off the ground. And that's what kills a lot of old people yeah. is that they don't have enough um, muscle mass. Yeah. So I'm back weightlifting um, three days a week. Um, At the moment I'm doing lower body because I've got a broken arm. Uh, But, yeah, last year I broke a toe and a rib. Yeah, I remember. I remember. (laughs) I I don't know if you another obstacle. Um, So I decided back in, I became an MS ambassador about six, seven years ago to go and educate people on what hidden disabilities actually are because I don't look disabled. Unless yeah. sometimes I use a walking stick, sometimes I'm in my wheelchair and I do have a mobility scooter. But 
if I, when I'm good, I'm yeah. I'm good, and I I won't use those um, mobility yeah. aids. But they are there for the times that I do actually need them. Yeah. And um, where was I going then? I've gone. There's too much happening in in your world. <laughs> oh, you'll be in there somewhere. Oh my god! So one of my problems is cognitive. I have cognitive things that are cognitive cognitive issues. Um, oh, so that's right, MS ambassador, and yeah. out uh, talking, you know, about uh, what disabilities are and hidden disabilities. And then I was working for the MS readathon again, going into schools and and telling kids all about MS, which I did when I was seventeen, and yeah. so I came a full circle. Yeah, uh, and know. it's so and it's so helpful. I think you know you're talking about when. You were. You said a couple of things. You said when you created this group, when you discovered that you had MS, to reach out and and because yeah. I think sometimes that you feel in situations in life, whether it's a sickness or or something happens in your life, uh, that sometimes you can feel alone. Yeah. And so surrounding yourself with people that have experienced that can really you know is is really important and you just sharing your stories because I'm sure there's people just like you watch somebody on I think you said Facebook you know with or Instagram I can't remember what you said with a photo of this lady in a swimsuit and you go that's me so you know discussing all these these challenges that you've had some people will go that's me or it might even be you know maybe I'll get a mole check or you know really does does make us think and and, and it's all awareness. Uh, Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I'm quite, as you know, I'm quite vocal with my story so it helps other people. Yeah. And, you know, every time I go to the dermatologist I'll do a live stream because chances are I've had something burnt off or cut out. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people that follow me and that will inbox me and saying thank you, I went and got checked and, you know, I had... I had this or I had that and um, so it is, you know, raising awareness. So then in 2018 um, I decided that I've got a beautiful home and I've got a studio that I wanted to go and teach and I wanted to help other disabled people um, with art wellness classes. So I started my own business in running, um, yeah, art wellness classes and I'm at full capacity. I can't yeah. take any more in, uh, which is fantastic. And they all love coming every week and, and creating their own, you know, unique pieces. So that's been really good. And then um, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you, you need to write a book. You need to write a book yeah. of your story. And I'm like, okay. So I started and I'm two years down the track and I'm only up to 1999. So, <laughs> I'm 28 years into it, so yes, I'm 50. Um, 28 years into it, and yeah, it's been difficult. I won't say that it's been easy actually writing it. It it hasn't. Some of it's been bloody hard to put down on paper. Will it all make it into the final cut? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But then from that, and doing some empowerment speaker courses <laughs> uh, with yourself, Jojo, um, I then went, you know, I want to help a lot more people than just yeah. 
those that come into my studio. Um, so, yes, I've become an, um, a resilience coach and yeah. resilience speaker and have designed an eight-week um, signature course on helping people gain resilience because everyone says to me, you know, how do you bounce back so quickly and, uh, you know, how do you overcome the adversities in your life? And I actually have to sit and put some thought into it because yeah. it has become natural for me uh just to do that yeah so yeah it's all in the course uh through that and then my last project that I'm working on at the moment is that I've just completed my fourth draft on a children's book oh wow with all your art in it with my art in it once I can work out how I'm going to paint or draw so uh with my arm the way it is that's the only thing holding it up at the moment but um yeah so my grandkids feature in it and my puppy dog gorgeous and and for those those listening I'm just going to say that your art like I love like you the giraffe that you do and the frog (laughs) so gorgeous and you and are you still doing those decals that you do Yes, yeah. so that's another aspect of, of the business and yeah. hopefully that will all be launched by the end of uh, this year. So life yeah. is busy. So the, the decals are um, my artwork uh, in large form that yeah. you can put on caravans, camper vans and mobility scooters. Actually, they'll stick anywhere. I'm about yeah. to have them put on my windows at the front of my house Yeah, um, um, with the one-way vision. Because yeah. my bed's like a fishbowl. Um, anyone that walks past can actually see it. So I've just had the whole front of the house painted and, and now my artwork's going to go on the front of that. So you won't, yeah. you know, you don't, you won't miss my house. I've got a, <laughs> a five-foot-ten giraffe in the front yard. Everyone stops. I love it. Not, not a real one. giraffe, listeners. Not a real one. <laughs> No, 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 one that I made, one that I made out of a cement, uh, all coloured. So, you know, people stop with their kids and they, you know, smile. And I love it how people, when they look at my artwork, they just smile. So, you know, in the early stages when I first started painting, um, that was giving back to society. If someone could stand there and look at my art and smile, um, I felt that I was still worthy um, as a person. And then... You know, I donate a lot of work to charities, um, and especially, again, in the early days when I couldn't afford to actually physically financially pay yeah. money. Um, you know, I'd do a painting and it would sell, you know, $500, $1,000 that they'd raise for it, and that was a pretty proud moment to yeah. actually do that. So and it's amazing right. how, like, I'm just looking. I'm, I'm going to get off this. I'm going to show you something. I'm just moving oh. right now. I'm going to get it because I forgot to get it before we started. It's sitting up on my... I know what she's going to get for those of you that can't see what she's going to get. (laughs) I think that I did for her a couple of years ago now. Yes. I'm just looking. It's got dust on it now. But this is my artwork that you gave me. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that just sits in my office, Jazz. Oh, I can show you a mini giraffe because I've got one here. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Look at that. Is, these are the prototypes before I make them like five foot ten high. So there you go. So they, they, this one's like a moose. It's a cross between a moose and a giraffe. Oh, that so is so cute. I'll show its butt. <laughs> that is so cute. So guys that are listening on Spotify, you may not be, you won't be able to see this. You'll have to go into my 
my Facebook account uh, to see it on Zoom. But, yeah, we've got some beautiful art. And so what I was going to say is that you may not even realise it, but this is sitting in my office. And so, you know, you've got art that people look at and, I mean, that's like a legacy. And the yeah. beautiful thing is just like your coaching Jazz, you're being a resilience coach, you're touching the lives of people that maybe you don't even realise because it's like a ripple effect. Uh, and the same with your art. That that art is sitting in people's offices or wherever it's sitting, bringing joy to people and that, you know, that has to be a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and all around the world. I've got artwork all around the world now and that's yeah. just mind blowing you know I have a series of of gift cards that people buy and like my business is huge um and I you know I pinch myself every day because if I had listened to that neurologist 10 years ago that said you will never work again yeah um I I don't know where I'd be yeah and um well I'd be broke (laughs) I wouldn't have what I have now I wouldn't have the choices and the freedom and the flexibility that I have now that if I want to go for away for a weekend I can um which I am doing tonight as you know I'm hopping on a plane and going away for three days um and I think that's it's so important for others to know that and and being a resilience coach it's perfect because you've gone through so many challenges and and you've always looked for opportunities you're always looking for opportunities and none of those challenges has, have stopped you from moving forward even if they've stopped you for a short amount of time when maybe you couldn't get out of bed uh and maybe you've had to oh, adapt adapt to, yeah. even in hospital i yeah. would be drawing yeah. like all my way through chemo and then when i was you know stuck in hospital for those uh nearly three weeks i had drawing pads and pencils and pens in front of yeah. me and i would still be um creating and at the andrew love cancer center they used to love um when i'd go in for my infusions my monthly infusions um on what um, i would create for them in there and I can remember one day sitting there and there was this lady um, and she had breast cancer and I was drawing a little seahorse and she actually wanted to purchase it and um, I gave it to her and she said no 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 I want to pay you and my daughter was actually there with me and she says no mum insists that that you have this and you know just the gratitude that she had and if my artwork could make her life that little bit brighter for that moment of time it was definitely um, well worth it so when COVID hit I started doing care cards for people. Um, So I sent out hundreds of handmade cards all across the world. People could inbox me and tell me where um, they wanted it sent and the message they wanted it sent in and I paid for, drew them and paid for the care cards. So that that was a nice thing to give back um, as well. And I'm all about giving back. Yeah. beautiful uh, to to people to society and you know if we all gave that little bit the world would be a nicer place it uh, certainly would so um, and I love I love when you're talking about you know your art or where you're talking about the challenges that you've had one thing that I've seen that you've done really and you continue to do just is that you adapt so so art wasn't maybe in your focus to begin with 
So and 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 it was a time where you thought, what else can I do if I can't do my weightlifting at this moment? Can I do this? Um, you're always yeah. adapting, and I think that's a really important part of your process because we can. And part of that is your identity as well as who you think you are. You know, you went from corporate, so you would have had this identity as a corporate woman, and then now you've had, then you'd have to adjust it to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an artist, to a weightlifter, to a, you know, and so you've really flexed grandma. a grandma, like really opened your mind to changing. It's it's. I often say this to my clients, you know, your your identity or the roles that you play don't define you. And you can yep. still get you can still get your needs and values met maybe in a different vehicle. Maybe it maybe it can't be weightlifting in this moment, but maybe you can get it from something else. And I think you've done that really well. So it's funny you say that because you know, the broken arm, um, yeah. you can't exactly fully train. Yeah. And I have a PT three days a week and um, I said, I'm still coming in. And I do, I do three leg workouts a week at the moment. So anyone that whinges about a leg workout, yeah. think of me that's doing three a week on legs because um, yeah. I can't weight bear on my arm at the moment. So um, I'm just adapting. I modify. I just yeah. mo- keep modifying everything. And my wardrobe modifies as well because of it because I spent prior to getting MS and in the corporate world five days a week in black suits. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when you're at home all the time, it's like, oh, now what do I wear? All right, I need to reinvent what my wardrobe's going to be. And I've had to do that quite a few times. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah you, just, you just adapt. Yeah. And, you know, life didn't stop when I became disabled. It just took on a new meaning, totally yeah. new meaning. Yeah. Um, well, don't get me wrong, I was angry. Yeah. Uh, for quite some time and you know yeah. I was always told that I wouldn't get MS that um, it's not hereditary but if yeah. there's a genetic predisposition because all the environmental factors are in place then you can get it and yeah. my family is so blessed that there was four of us and yeah. um, four that are biologically related all on my grandma's side and then there's two in-laws that have it as well, so six of us in total, yeah. which is quite unusual to have that many in, in, in such a cluster. But, there, you know, there's 25,000 of us in Australia alone that have yeah. multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Um, so this May is um, the 50K month and I've got sponsors and I'm hoping to raise $2,000 um, in May by walking 50 kilometres for the month. Mm-hmm. So maybe me went, oh, no, I'll do 100K, so I'm going to do 100 kilometres for wow. May. Um, look out on the live streams when I'm out walking yeah. at night. Um, <laughs> and raising raising much-needed research money um, to find a cure. So, Beautiful. Well, and for those, that, the, that. for those that want to support you, where do they find that? Um, they can find that on my Facebook social media, Justine Martin Speaker, okay. um, on that. Yep. Yeah, all the links will be there uh, Beautiful. for there. So. Wonderful. And so in regards to, you know, people right now going through their own challenges, so whether it's challenges in regards to sickness, illnesses, uh, maybe it's it's personal, other personal challenges or business challenges, what could be some of the, the tips that you would give those people in regards to, and I know you've got a, a whole week, uh, eight-week course on it, but what are some of the resilience 
strategies that you may, you know, want to give those people? What would you say to them? That there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That not every day in the future is going to be a bad day. Uh, that to journalise everything, to write it down. Yeah. Um, when it's out on paper, it's not in your head. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. Um, to find a really good support person, so a counsellor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, um, go to your GP and get a mental health care plan done if you're in Australia. Yeah. Um, but then you're not forking out the money out of your pocket. Um to reach, yeah, reach out for help, uh, to do some small goals. And the small goal might be that you're going to get out of bed that day. Yeah. You're going to get out of bed and you're going to make your bed. And that's one thing that I do every single day, no matter how sick I am, is yeah. that I get out of bed. Yeah. I might only walk to the lounge room and hop on the lounge. Yeah. But I get out of bed and then yeah. I've done something. Yeah. And I make my bed. Yeah. So then when I walk back in that night, it's like I have done something today. I've made my yeah. bed. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's it's just a mental thing um, it is. to do. Yeah. So, yeah, diarise things, journal them, and no one has to read it. Yeah. No one has to read it just for yourself so it's out of your head. Find some support um, and get out of bed every day. Yeah. Probably shower as well because <laughs> um, I'm sure your family and friends would like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those those simple things um, will definitely help with your mindset. Yeah, I love it. And then eat eat really well yeah. and, um, and drink lots of water. And has your focus on health changed since you've, you've had these illnesses, since you've been diagnosed? Have you had a new focus on your health? No, that's the funny thing. Like everyone's, I've been focused on my health since 1999. Um, yeah. So I was morbidly obese. Yeah. I weighed in at um, just under 125 kilos. And then I joined Weight Watchers for the third time. Yeah. And I lost 46 kilos and, and got down to um, 79. Yeah. Didn't stay there for very long and, and plateaued. And then lots of medications. I went back up. The heaviest I've weighed um since was 101.9 and that was after I went through chemo when you get cancer and you go through chemo this is going to sound really bad but I'm like oh finally going to be thin (laughs) that was what went through my brain because it's like oh you know most people you see lose a lot of weight through chemo no not all of them yeah I actually put on 12 kilos um through all the steroids that they had to give me as well so they forgot to tell me that bit. yeah um, but I've got all of that off now and um and more so I'm I'm very careful on what I eat yeah um I have been for a long time um and I only drink water but I have a lot of allergies I don't know if you remember JJ yeah, I I, like, I'm allergic <laughs> to caffeine so I haven't had a cup of coffee in 29 years imagine me pinging around if I'd had coffee I you know I buzz around enough without any caffeine <laughs> and um you know no lactose no dairy I don't have dairy I don't have wheat um and I I mainly just drink water and for a buzz I drink uh, sparkling water. I still drink a little bit of alcohol on social occasions. Yeah. You might see some of my live streams on a Saturday <laughs> night. Um, you know, life is good. Yeah. Uh, so and then I watch what kind of alcohol consumption I have 
um, as well. So, yeah. and, and I exercise nearly every day. So, you know, weight training three days a week, um, resistance work, which helps with your muscles and um, out walking. So yeah. that, you know, that's the whole package. And, you know, my skin has benefited from it. And, you know, most people tell me that I, they say, oh, you must have really good genetics. You don't look 50. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have the worst genetics on, on the planet when I start rattling off like yeah. all the cancers and the MS and everything else. So, um, but, you know, you've got to have a good attitude, yeah. good attitude to life. And I do lots of reading. I read lots of um, uh, biographies and self-development books. And if I'm not reading them, I'm listening to them to on Audible yeah. um, so I can be painting and and hear stuff or in the car as well driving so um yeah beautiful so my last my last question before we get into the rapid firing questions is what legacy do you want to leave wow um that's a big question Mm, it is um i want I want to know, I want to leave to my children and my grandchildren that you get out of bed every day, you keep moving forward, um, that adversity will happen in your life without a doubt whatsoever. Yeah. It's how you handle that adversity. Yeah. And don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. You know, and not every day is that bad day. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, the bad days are there to make you appreciate the good days. Yeah. Definitely, and and you know, don't give up, don't yeah. quit. Yeah, Love and um, hopefully, I'll leave them some money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun spending it at the moment, so uh, there mightn't be much left by the time I uh, go six feet under. So, so Jazz's Jazz's kids, know that be I good to your mother. <laughs> they already know. Look, I've planned my uh, what I want done when I die, yeah. and um, you know, lots of people don't like talking about death, but when you've faced it as many times as I have, it's like you yeah. know, plant a tree on me. You yeah. know, if everyone had a tree planted on them when they die, we wouldn't have an ozone problem. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, life out of out of death, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Anyway. All right, I'm ready. Are you ready for your rapid fire questions? Oh, I've got to find mine. Hang on. If you're coming to get them ready, yes. All right, I'm I'm all ready. Fire right. at me, and then I've got yours. Oh, I can't wait for mine. I'm a bit nervous with the ones you're going to give I'll me. I'll laugh if we've got the same questions. <laughs> all right. So your first one is the best piece of advice given to you. Best piece of advice. Mm, I can't say that one on a podcast. Um, um, Go for it. I didn't care. <laughs> use protection. Use protection. <laughs> and that's exactly what I say to my kids when they were younger and even my girlfriend last week. I'm like, use protection. <laughs> Your favourite book? Um, my favourite book. It would have to be at the moment um, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Oh, I've I'm, I've listened to that on um, audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great on audio too. Listening. That's to that. what I'm doing. I, yeah, I'm nearly finished yeah. it, but that would have to be. Um, and the and the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, very beautiful. Who would yeah. play you in a movie? Ooh, what's the um? What's the woman who plays Wonder Woman at the moment? I don't know. I only know Lin- it was Linda Stone. No, it wasn't Linda Stoner. 
Uh, yeah, Gardner. Gardner, something like that. Um, the the woman that plays, um, yeah, or, um, oh, God, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember. See, you know, cognitive issues. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. If you could change your name, what would it be? What was that? If you could change your name, what would what would it be? I don't think I'd want to change my name. But just say you had to. What would it be? Oh, <laughs> if I had to, had to change my name. Um, Violet. Violet. If you could trade lives with anyone for one day, who would it be? The Queen. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Olympic weightlifting. <laughs> if you could have five people over for dinner, whether they're currently alive or dead, who would you have? Oh, I would have Elvis. Yeah. I would have uh, my mum. I would have uh, five people. Dead or alive? Yeah. Uh, either. Hmm. Who else would I have? Oh, I don't know, JJ. I'd probably have my nana. Yeah. Oh, both my nanas. Um, they're both passed. I'd probably have both of those. And how many is that? Is that five? Um, no, that four. might have been four. Four. Um, I would have uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. If you could have one superpower, what would you have? A... A bullshit detector. <laughs> oh, I think I want that one too. What's what? your hidden talent? What's my hidden talent? Yeah. Oh. Um, I can touch my nose with my tongue. Yeah. Go on. No, I am not doing that on camera. <laughs> oh, we don't believe it. Do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And who, who has been the biggest influence in your life? Um, probably my mum was. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I, I mean, I lost her when I was um, 26, but she was still probably the biggest influence. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Beautiful. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready, ready for mine. Okay. Okay. What's your favourite meal to cook? Gnocchi. Oh, I'm coming for dinner. <laughs> um, if you could paint your car any colour, what would it be? Rose gold. Oh, yes, I just bought suitcases that <laughs> colour. I'll red. take a photo and show you later. <laughs> um, what do you think of garden gnomes? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really funny when people pinch other people's and no no not I'm not saying they're just stealing them but they're friends and they take each other's gnome and they help them for ransom or you take them on holidays and you, <laughs> and you send postcards of where they are and yes. I, my garden gnome's inside so no one pinches them because <laughs> I painted it to look like me um if you were a fish what kind would you be and why I'd be Oh, I'd be a fighting fish because I fight for what I want in life. Like that. Yeah. What was the last gift you gave someone? 
Uh, I'm going to say, because I, I won't go gifts as in giving a gift. Oh, well, I, yeah, I gave a a gift of a book, a motivational book to somebody. Nice. Yes. I'm going to buy mine one day and give it to someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. When you can travel overseas, where is going to be the first holiday destination? Uh, next I want to go to Hawaii. Right. As long as I don't have to have a vaccine, I'll be going. <laughs> um, if you can compare yourself to an animal, what would you be and why? I'd either be an elephant or a dolphin because <laughs> uh, I just think that they... They just, they're so spiritual to me. Oh. Yeah. If you owned a time machine, would you choose to go forward in time or back into the past and why? I would go back into the past to see my dad again. What did you want to be when you, leave, when you left school? I wanted to be either an actress, a teacher, a... Uh, or a dancer? They were my 10 questions. Oh, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was a... <laughs> <laughs> that were great ones. I loved it. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jazz. That was... Uh, I just loved hearing about your life. I knew most of it. And I think that it's been really helpful for others to hear about your story and I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with it in a different way Uh, I'm sure you've you've had a lot of challenges in your life and I think the great thing that people can take away is how resilient you can be Uh, and I I suppose you you don't know how resilient you are until you have to be that's right you know I have a lot of people that say to me oh, I couldn't be like you, you know, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well, until you are actually in this position, yeah, you won't know. But, with, you know, without a doubt, you will rise to it as well. Maybe not as fast as what I do on my comebacks, but you would definitely rise to it. And, yeah. and there is help out there for people that, uh, that do need it. So, yeah. Um, and I love that you've, you're taking all of your learnings and all of – what what you know you've gone through your experiences to now help other people through your art through your resilience coaching through your you've got your eight week course happening and you're speaking uh, so that's a really beautiful thing that you're doing and uh, I know that there's so many people that appreciate what you do and there's so many people that you're helping and you may not even know who they are um, but they're out there and so I really want to say thanks for doing everything that you do and uh, how will people get in touch with you if they want to follow your work, Jazz? So there's lots of different ways. They can yeah. follow me on social media at Justine Martin Speaker or they can follow me at Juz Dart, J-U-Z-T-A-R-T, Justine Martin Artist on social media. Um, or my websites are justinemartin.com.au or justart.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for being on today. I love talking to you and uh, thank you for giving all that you do to the community. And for those of you that are listening or watching, make sure you get on and connect with Juz because she's an inspiration to so many people and I know that she will be an inspiration 
to everyone that's listening. So make sure that you follow her work and uh, just follow her story because uh, her, your story is continuing to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my, my story's not over yet. Um, yeah. I just want to say one thing that um, my story can be someone else's survival guide. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And, and and I think, you know, what you've shared today is part of that, that they can actually take that and, and know that they don't have to be alone. That's and, right. uh, you know, it's like pressing that restart button every day. Yeah, every day is a new day, as you said. And I think, you know, you're so grateful. You know, when you talk about gratitude, you talk about, you know, what you're grateful for and uh, and all the learnings that go with that. So it's a beautiful That's thing right. to share. So thank you, Jazz. Thank you're you so welcome. much. And, yeah, make sure, everyone, that you follow Jazz, follow her work and uh, get on to following her in all those different channels. Thank you so much. And, no um Hey, it's been a pleasure and I'm sure once you get your book happening, we're going to be doing this interview again. For sure. Uh, which one, the kids one or the other one? Well, either, either. Let me know I'll and we'll be back on that. again. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. All right. Thanks, Jazz. See Don't ya. Worry. Thanks for tuning in to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram at JJ Speaker Coach. And remember to live with insatiable passion, create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs.